Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Look out! It's me, Dr. Fuck with. Oh, yeah! Say your yeah, name. Yeah, it's all alcoholic and wildly. That's right. Pull it away, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I like how you uh, you say your name all every week. Yeah. It was a pain in the ass for me to say your name every week. It's you know it was like fucking like three seconds of my life wasted. And oh. and and amounted as many times I've done it, it's probably like about three minutes of my life wasted uh, saying uh, your fucking yeah. name. Well, let's see. Add that up with all the countless hours you waste a week talking about Kiss. Yeah, well, yeah, you got, you know, why, why do you have to make me look bad with, with, with actual facts? Not cool, man. <laughs> all right. Don't, don't worry. I'm going to get drunk soon and it's all going to be lies. Hey, you want to sing along with me? Oh, God. What song? Eat your heart out, baby. Nah, all right. I'm, you, I'm good. Yeah. You know what? I don't blame you. That song sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And look, it's us, the dynamic duo. That's we're, right, we're the podcast fuck, kings. We're fucking awesome, dude. We are. You are the jelly to my, you know, like, uh, nut berry. What is that called? Nutella. <laughs> I hate yeah. Nutella. Have you ever ate that shit? Fuck no. I, oh, wow, look at you. I am more trendy than you, my friend, because all I saw on my Facebook feed, like, you know, a couple years ago, Nutella this, Nutella that. I was at a 7-Eleven once. I was like, oh, look, Nutella. Let me grab this shit. I think I took a bite, and I was like, fuck. I had to throw it away. That shit was terrible. I thought I thought that was a Mexican television station. Nutella. I don't know. That, you know, I gotta say, you know, I'm Latino and I found that funny. <laughs> but then again, I'm not Mexican. <laughs> oh man. Maybe I could pick up those uh, Carlos Mencia fans. You know? I can uh, appeal to the Mexicans. Look at you talking about popular culture people. I have no no idea about. That's a comedian, <laughs> I think. <laughs> No, not really. Okay. <laughs> you should be proud that you don't know who he is. Yeah. Was that the guy that uh, Joe Rogan went up to and said he stole bits? Yes. Ah, dude, did you see that footage? No, I that heard was, about it. Uh, he did it up on stage. He got up on stage while he was doing his fucking stand-up, and he just called him out, and everybody was applauding. Made him look like shit. That shit's awesome. Apparently, you know, he got up there and then claimed he did write Who's On First. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> who, who am I to deny, you know? <laughs> oh, that one's a classic. You got to love Abbott and Costello. You're not American. That's right. That's right. Abbott and Costello and apple pie, baby. That's right. That was my impression of... That, that impression of... Uh, when, when, when Dracula's in the, in the coffin and when they meet Frankenstein. <laughs> How old is that shit? Like 120 years old, and it's still funny. Yeah, sure. that's a great movie. If you look, I mean, that movie's so old. If you look close enough in the background, you see dinosaurs. 
<laughs> and your mom's fucking the dinosaur. That is true. Because <laughs> that was pretty donkey. That's how. That's pretty donkey. <laughs> that's that's how she got famous. Actually, <laughs> she used to be called the dinosaur fucker. But then you know, she was ahead of her time, and she was the first to fuck a donkey. So then she became uh, the donkey. And you know, you know, this is an interesting fact. The first time my mom fucked a donkey, another donkey came from behind and hit her in the back of the head, and that's where donkey punch came from. A lot of people actually, don't know that. That was actually a true pursuit question. What came first, the dinosaur or the donkey? I said your mother. Yeah. I think that was also an Abbott and Costello bit, right? Who fucked yeah. the donkey first? Who? Yeah, who did? What do you mean, who? <laughs> What's on DP? That's right. That's why we're the best. Look at what we just said. It's funny. And anybody out there not laughing, laugh, you asshole. Yeah, you know who I feel so, you know who I'm jealous of right now? Other than me? Uh, are the cool motherfuckers who who get to meet us in Nashville. Oh my god, especially when they meet me. I, I wish we could meet us. Yeah, you know? that would be cool. I would fucking I would be a first day buyer for yeah. the VIP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I download that shit from Mr. X, you yeah, know, but right. uh, check it out. You know where VIP came from? Vieira in person. And again, that has to do with my mom, you know, gangbangs. It was called the VIPs, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can imagine how disappointed I was when I bought the VIP package. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I don't do that shit because, you know, that's incest. And I wouldn't fuck that whore that I also call mom. That makes one of us. That's right. Man, we're on fire today. And I'm not even drunk yet. You're not? No, I'm trying, though. Well, you know, my heroin kicked in about 10 minutes ago. Oh. And it's weird heroin. I feel all up and shit. But I also (laughs) feel a little queasy. I'll be throwing up soon. (laughs) Must be a speedball. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I got it off your mom. Ooh. (laughs) Nah, then you know. It must be a speedball. You know know what your mom sells. And then you better chase it with some penicillin. Mmm. No, I didn't bang your mom today. Oh. No. I mean, you know, fucking the face doesn't count. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the fucking asshole that reported that video of me getting a blowjob on on the podcast page. That's no agnorism or whatever the fuck you call it, Ian, because that shit was up for about 12 hours. So, you know, that shit. and and, And when you upload a video... Doesn't like, don't they even know it before they even post it? Go, nah, we ain't gonna put this up. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, I mean, if I was you, I would fight that, you know? Nah, man, fuck that. Uh, yeah, I got in trouble for posting a picture of my dick, but uh, it got overruled, you know, lack of evidence. <laughs> true, true story. A little embarrassing, but true story. Wow, that must be small. <laughs> how small was it? <laughs> Who's how? How's on first? How with the bun. That's right. A shout out to James West. Yes. Uh, Just because I want to. And Charlie Hill. Shout out to those guys, man. And and shout out to Vinny Vincent for turning you in for that video. I think it was Vinny Vincent that turned you in. You know, you know, it's funny. Uh, One of the one of our one of our hilarious uh, listeners said, oh, it's nice to see you made up with Vinny Vincent. Now, if you look at the video, it does kind of look like Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> it looks like the chick looks like, you know, she's got Vinnie Vincent's wig on. I mean, it's the same type of wig. I mean, her hair is real, but I mean, it looks like Vinnie's wig. 
Yeah, and, and you were throwing fucking the dog shit out of her, so yeah. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I think it wasn't. I think it was Vinny. No, it wasn't, dude. I'm, uh, I swear it wasn't. I swear. No, it's Vinny that turned you in, though. Oh yeah, probably. I told you it was a Kiss fan. He said, "I'm, I'm gonna fucking turn in this drunk with a, with, with a, with a comb over." <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do I have to do with this? I wasn't in the video. <laughs> Maybe oh, holding the camera, but. No, it was on a. My little what is it, tripod. Yeah, it's what I call a good day. Well, anyway, if you guys want to see that video, it'll soon be up on YouTube. Let's hope over there, you know. Cause, yeah. uh, and I'm going to put it on a different channel because I have a feeling that same putz will probably record me over there. I'll put it on some fucking new channel that if they ban me, who cares? <laughs> see, I'm smart, not like everybody says. Oh, I'm smart. Shout out to Brian Davis, yeah. Yeah. And Yohalamo. Who, who is going to be in Nashville? Yeah, man. I was so happy when he told me that. Uh, when I, I did his show, which is a really good show, man. I did his show where, I believe you did the same type of show with him where he asked you questions. And yeah. It was awesome, man. So check it out. I believe it's the latest uh, Damn Good Movie Memories episode. It's fucking awesome. Great show. Yes, thank you great show and he's lucky man he gets to hang out with us yeah yeah that's do all cool. kinds of drugs and shit it's gonna be awesome uh, i hope so we're gonna have to probably force him yeah we can do that he's we're the podcast of, kings yeah he's kind of like he doesn't he doesn't look like a drug taker but i don't know you know my my little antennas on the top of my head says that we'll, we'll, we'll hit him with that peer pressure bro exactly fuck you well, uh, before we get into the news, and we, we ain't got no iTunes reviews to read. What's up with that? Uh, you went and saw a concert the other week. Well, oh, yeah, Iron Maiden. Yeah. Uh, I went to see Iron Maiden. That. It was fucking awesome. It was really, really good. Um, and you know me. You know, if I say Iron Maiden was awesome, you know I ain't lying. Because, you know, I have a hard-on for that fucking band. Uh, but they were badass. They came out with uh, Aces High... And then right into uh, where Eagles Dare. Now, here's the thing. I knew the set list from Europe, but I remember reading it like last year. So I, I didn't want to like spoil it. So I didn't watch it. I was just hoping they were going to, you know, play Flight Icarus. I didn't know if they were going to do anything different. Uh, so when I got home that night, I did check the set list. And they didn't do anything different from the European tour. But man, where Eagles Dare and Flight Icarus for me were the fucking highlights, man. It was so good to hear that fucking... Uh, intro drum roll from Nico that I haven't heard since I saw the Peace of Mind tour. And I believe that maybe, oh, probably I'm wrong. Isn't that, isn't that song on one of those terrible Dead Live One albums, whatever it's called? What, which one? When he, uh, where he goes there? Where he goes I think there. it might be. Yeah, but, but well, it's the first time I've seen him do it since Peace of Mind. And they were just fucking amazing. The stage that was great, Nico just came out and said, oh, this is the best stage show we ever had. Uh, I beg to differ. I thought the best stage show Maiden ever had was uh, somewhere back in time. Uh, uh, you know, the first right. uh, well, nostalgia that, that was, tour? That, no, that was the second second record. Yeah, Ed Hunter was the first one, right? No, well, there was Ed Hunter, but no, they did... Uh, I forget the name of the tour, but it was the one where they played... It was only songs from uh, the first album through Peace of Mind. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it, it was great, and the set list was really good, except for 
you know, and I don't really hate the song, to tell you the truth. The Klansman is like, whatever. Uh, which, you know, I made a mistake when I did the review. I did a review on YouTube, by the way, of the show. And I thought that shit was on X Factor because I, I, I got it confused with, uh, you know, the Blaze albums. But it's on uh, Virtual 9 or whatever. 11. Virtual 11. And um, it was good. I enjoyed it, but it kind of sapped the energy from the show. But then I... I go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I like that song. And they actually performed... The only two Blaze era songs that I can fucking stand. Uh, that really? one and Sign of the Cross. You didn't like Man on the Edge? No. That's oh. that's fucking terrible. That's fucking garbage. No, it's not. Garbage. No, it's not. My opinion superior. Okay. That's right. I like, uh, you know, uh, Glitter from Motley Crue. True. You, your words, not mine. <laughs> that's true. I am proud to say it because I'm a masochist. <laughs> so, uh, the, right after the Klansmen, they went right into the Trooper and whoa, you know, all the energy went back up. A song that is played all the fucking time, yet I'm not sick of. That's a song I never get sick of. I love the Trooper. Trooper's a badass song. Will always be a badass song. I even like the video where fucking Bruce Dickens is wearing those Cracker Jack pants. <laughs> you remember that video? Yeah. Boy, yeah. did they, they dress funky back then. <laughs> Remember fucking, I think it was uh, Live After Death, Nico wrote, uh, wore that brown bodysuit. <laughs> yeah, the leotard, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I don't have the set list in front of me, but you know, they did uh, another, I mean, the worst part of the show, I thought. And you know me, I got to bring up the worst part because I got I have a hard on for Maiden. Was that song from um, A Matter of Life and Death. I think it's off that album. Uh, for the greater good of God. Yeah, that really sapped the energy out of everything. Uh, and from that, they w I believe, I could be wrong, I think they went right into Sign of, uh, uh, Sign of the Cross after that. And even, yeah, that's though, not smart. even though the level didn't get that high, it did get higher because visually it was awesome because, you know, Bruce came out with a cloak, looked like, you know, one of the dudes on the album of fucking Mob Rules. And he had this big cross that would light up. And, you know, that, that, that did, you know, bring up the energy a bit. Plus, that song just sounds good with a good singer singing. Oh, man, know? do I ever agree? Look at that. I'm agreeing with you. Holy fuck. Yeah, Bruce doing those Blaze songs is such an improvement. Such an improvement. I don't mind the way Blaze sings Sign of the Cross, to tell you the truth. But Bruce does it so much better. And I'm glad I got to see that. You know, which was one of my highlights as well. But definitely the flight of Icarus, man, where he had that, he had those fucking fire coming out of his hand. I mean, the, where I was sitting wasn't that close, so it, it really looked like fire was coming out of his hands. And uh, I think he sang it well, better than Live After Death. And, uh, but he did, you know, of course, Bruce, in true Bruce fashion, he had a complaint about people smoking weed. And, uh... But, Seriously? Yeah, yeah, he did this little... Uh, uh, you know, you try to cover it up by saying, what you want to do with your body, fine, but I fucking hate it. You know, you, you wankers smoking weed up front. Fucking baby. But, oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah Who is he, fucking Paul Stanley? Where there's a big difference between him and Roger Daltrey, because Roger Daltrey is allergic to marijuana. And when I saw the Who the last time, he did bring it up very politely. He said, hey, listen, listen, mates. You know, uh, I just want to let you know that, you know, I'm allergic to marijuana. It might, it might screw up my voice. So uh, 
If you're gonna smoke marijuana, please don't blow it toward the stage. You know that. You know that's nice. He's proper. You know. Right. But Bruce is there. You wankers. You wankers. And you know these these wankers, obviously, are all the way up front. They pay, they paid a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but then you know, like in Live After Death, you know, he's talking about you know smoking weed like it's cool. So ah, I fucking hate that anti-drug fucking shit. So yeah, and I was glad that they brought back "Hallow Be Thy Name." Uh, that's a song that I haven't played, I think, in a tour or two because of the lawsuit. Uh, somebody was suing him, so they stopped playing it. Well, they brought it back. So I don't, I don't know. Do you remember how that lawsuit ended up? They must have won or something, right? I have no idea. I. Just you saying something, I vaguely remember uh, something about that. And uh, the big Eddie that walked out was Trooper, Trooper Eddie. Oh, nice. And he had a sword fight with uh, Bruce Dickinson. Uh, uh, actual swords, Ian. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking of the <laughs> penis because you're gay. Yes. But no, they were, and it was funny. You know, they were going back. And then, you know, at one point, Bruce is like, you know, hitting him with a sword. And then he uh, ran under his leg and. And Eddie was all pissed off, like, all right, where did you go? It was very cartoony, but it was cool. And then they had the big blow-up devil Eddie at the very end, uh, you know, during, I think, Number of the Beast, you know. No, no, it was during Iron Maiden. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people complained that uh, the lack of the Anno songs because they only played Iron Maiden. Uh, right. I'm fine with that, man, because I don't like when Bruce does the Anno songs. I really don't. So I was cool with that. Um... I do think they should have substituted. The only complaint, really, they should have substituted that, you know, Greater God song for anything else. I'll even take, like, some shitty song off of uh, Somewhere in Time since they played nothing off it. Yeah, that sucks. But I will say this, man. One thing about Iron Maiden is uh, they're not as good as Judas Priest. Because what you and I saw, Ian, yes. a-, a few months ago, we saw them play take these chains off for the very first time right. a song that's over 30 years correct me if I'm wrong Maiden Tards but has Iron Maiden ever pulled out a song that they've never played before on previous tours I don't think they have they always played safe like they always play songs that they've always played and uh, uh, and another uh, complaint but this is like a, a, a drawn you know beating a dead horse complaint Jesus Christ but does fucking Yannick Gears annoy the living piss out of me. The, the worst fucking stage moves, and he's not even a good guitar player. His solos are are sloppy, and I hate when he does like an Adrian or a Dave solo on one of the classics. It's like, dude, why do you have to play their solos? I mean, seriously, I am convinced he has pictures of Steve Harris fucking a donkey before my mom did. And, uh, and that's why he's still in the band. I, I don't hate him as much as uh, everybody else, but uh, you know, I was I was thinking when you were talking about uh, you know Bruce fighting Eddie, and you know with with Maiden setlist the next two are they just need to have Eddie fighting the fans because that's who Eddie really hates is the fucking fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hates them more during those fucking uh, new album tours. Oh God. Uh, yeah, and, and unfortunately, you know, that's the last time I saw him. That's what I saw. I saw that horrible Final Frontier tour, and I think oh, you saw that one, too. I oh. sure did. I saw the opening Ooh. night. I think it was the opening night, where this Ooh. was the opening night as well. And I believe uh, that last one, uh, Book of Souls, was uh, opening night. And, uh, man, that I'm telling you, man, Final Frontier, Book of Souls, 
I, that's it. After I saw this tour, it's like too convincing. Never go see Iron Maiden again, uh, unless it's a nostalgia tour, or if a miracle happens and they release a fucking album as good as Firepower. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, good luck yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on for a nostalgia tour. Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, I'm done. Uh, because that is how to see Iron Maiden with the classic. But, you know, you Maiden Tards, you love all that new shit, so you guys get the same charge I do. I gotta say, it was an exceptionally good show, and for the first time in the last four Iron Maiden shows, I finally got a special Florida shirt. Because they always had that, right. you know, that shirt, you know, it's, and this one, I think the coolest one out of them all. It's Eddie with a bunch of uh, alligators around him, you know, with body parts and in the background you see Nick Nico with a little barbecue grill holding a, a spatula and I'm like oh that's awesome you know and you know the back says the venue and everything so I finally got to get one well actually Florida still in my opinion has the greatest all-time Iron Maiden shirt and uh, that was the somewhere in time where fucking uh, where Eddie was dressed up as Crockett and he's got his foot on the alligator yeah, wasn't that a single? No, I don't think that was a shirt, Ian. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a shirt, man. You can get it on eBay, man. It costs you a fucking arm and a leg. Really? That was, that, and it was special for that show? It was special for Florida on Somewhere in Time Tour. Holy fuck. So that it, it, that was Hollywood Sports 1. I, I would I would kill for a shirt that says Hollywood Sports 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, look it up on eBay, man. It's uh, they, They're pricey. Fuck, but, uh, dude. I feel bad because you're, you're buying it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look how happy you got knowing that you're going to buy it from me. Yeah. You're, you're so awesome. <laughs> Keep drinking. Uh, what? Uh, this green tea? Yeah. Yeah. And put some booze in it now. Mm. But yeah, no, that's my favorite one of all time. It's just awesome. The the, the best Eddie and uh, just the my it's got the Miami Vice colors on it and shit. It's, just, it's classic, man. Classic. The best Eddie's Killers, then Live After Death, then Somewhere in Time. See, I don't like Live After Death or Somewhere in Time, but those Eddie's are awesome. Yeah. I didn't like Number of the Beast. We're talking about the real Eddie with Derek Riggs. Right. Number of the Beast but, is too busy. Uh, I like it. It's iconic. Oh, wait. No, no. My second favorite is Made in Japan with the Samurai Sword. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's one. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, all right. To sum up the Iron Maiden show, it was kick-ass. And it was packed. It was packed. It looked sold out. Bruce Dickinson said it was sold out. I bought my ticket at the venue. I actually was going to go look for uh, scalpers. But I said, you know what? Let's go to the window and see if, you know, what's the cheapest they have. And, you know, they had some $50 seats that were originally $80 online. So, uh, best thing to do is walk up to the window. And I found out while I was there the Who's playing. So, I'm going to that, man. Nice. Right on. All right. Well, let's get in some news. All right. All right. Well, little Scott Ian finally said something that uh, isn't going to make me laugh or, you know, you know, disagree with. It says Malcolm Young is the greatest rhythm guitar player of all time. And, uh, boy, he's right about that one. I've always said that, though. Yeah, I think he's just copying you. I think he heard you say it, you know, and now he's trying to be trendy. Fucking bald asshole. <laughs> But, uh, man, I, I mean, I, I can't even think of a rhythm guitar player that comes close. I don't, I would have to give, 
you know, props to fucking Hetfield. Scott is great too, man. As much as I dislike that prick, he oh, does. Yeah. He does, dude. The intro to SOD, uh, March of SOD, may be the heaviest riff known to man, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's yeah. fucking classic. But uh, yeah, Malcolm. Oh man, and uh, I'm I'm really excited for the new ACDC. I really want to hear it, and I hope you know they they do use some you know stuff that Malcolm had already recorded. I haven't heard anything about that. I heard the tour, but not a new album. Yeah, well, that's what they were in uh, Canada doing, working on. Yeah, I know, but now I keep hearing about... I think it was this week they're supposed to announce a tour. That's what I saw. Yeah, I think I did did see something about that. I'm going. And you know what's sad? Is that I'm going to go see ACDC, because I never miss ACDC. And I love Brian Johnson. But it's sad that all these fuckers that don't want Axel in the band are not going to go see Brian Johnson. That... That really, like, you know, that 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 bends my pickle, Ian. <laughs> that that they're not gonna go see Brian Johnson? No, I I honestly believe a lot of these fucking armchair idiots on online that complain about Axel being in the oh, band. Oh, I see what you're saying. They're still not gonna go anyway. Yeah, they're not right. gonna go anyway. So what does it matter if Axel is in the band or not for you, you fucking chode smokers? You know what I'm saying? And by the way, Ian, I um. On my new Almost Human videos, I started by saying, warning, uh, if you don't agree with me, uh, that's fine. But it, but if you get angry, go cry to your mommy, you pickle whistler. I totally <laughs> stole from you, and I did not give you credit. I suck. Well, that, no, no, I'm glad you didn't give me credit, because it's on a KISS channel. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> if, you're, if you had a Motorhead channel like a man... Yeah. You know, I, I'd be like, hey, hey, I said Pickle Whistler. Yeah, so subliminally, I was protecting you. Yes, yeah, good looking out, man. Good looking yeah. out. Hey, you're, you're welcome. Thanks, pal. All right. What else is going uh, on? Oh, like, uh, can I talk about, uh, um, well, you have no choice. I'm going to talk about it. You know, I am the star. Okay. You know, um, uh, Michael Denner. Um, yes. It was funny because I saw it on my feed. The Michael Denner, it's called Michael, what's it called again? Michael, uh, no, it's called Denner's Inferno. That's yeah. the name of the band. Michael Denner, for you posers out there, is the guitar player for Merciful Fate. And, um, and he was also on the first couple King Diamond solo albums. That's true. That is true. Look at you. Yes. And uh, so uh, I'm like, oh, cool. I love Merciful Fate. Let me hear it. Oh, I was floored. I thought it was the best thing I've heard in 2019. The song is like... It's got like a dash of doom. It's got a little bit of gothic keyboards and merciful fate riffs. I like that singer, whoever the guy that is. He was in a band called Out Loud. I, I looked into it. He also and, played with Funky Meadows. Did he? Yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, and uh, I was very, very impressed by it. The song is called, what's this? Fuck. Oh, well, whatever. Just go type in Denner's Inferno on YouTube and look at that. That new song is like holy fuck man this is exceptionally good i was so impressed by it i mean i thought by that one song i, I take it over denner sherman you know and uh oh well that other one was bad that force of evil whatever it's called that wasn't that good where him and sherman made a band yeah but uh yeah i just wanted to plug that i was Really impressed. I, I actually listened to that song today about eight it's, times. Uh, For, Fortune of Grace. It's also Fortune the, of the, Grace, yeah. the title of the EP as well. Yeah, and I pre-ordered it. I uh, I bought it. It's coming out in November. 
I, I gotta say, I liked it a lot musically. I loved the video. Wasn't too crazy about the guy's voice, but it might grow on me. Yeah, you should but. listen to it some more because, you know, if you do, and, and you know, once you get it, your penis will finally grow. Really? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, but I did like it musically. Uh, I thought it was very cool, very doomy, some great guitar work. Uh, I liked the keys, you know, it wasn't like fucking, you know. It was perfect. You know, yeah, it, it was just the right amount. And you know, it, it was like in little parts of the song. It's not throughout the song. Right. It wasn't like fucking Jordan ruined this fucking Dream Theater garbage. Right. You know, uh, it didn't sound like a fucking the circus is in town. And it sounded like gothy keyboards, which really, yeah. really like elevated the song. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I mean, I know you don't like the band, but it, to me, it was like typo negative type, you right. know, keys that, that added to the atmosphere. Uh, didn't didn't distract from the music and just exactly. seemed to fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly like typo negative. Good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, it has that typo negative gothy sound to it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I dug it a lot musically. I listened to it again, but that was the one thing that stuck out. You know, it was like when the vocals kicked in. I was like, oh, oh. oh I like but, that uh, deep voice. But uh, I, you know, I, I like the rest of it. It is a damn good song. So I just uh, love how it starts with a solo. With that little right. dinner solo, I was like, "Oh man, this is good." You know, I got—I mean, right when it started, I was like, "Ooh, whoa, this is awesome!" All right, right on. All right. Well, uh, Steve Perry says his "Sunshine's Grade" collaboration with John Five came together in a matter of a few minutes, and I listened to the song and I believed him because <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man, really? Not good." I'm like, uh, not, not, well, I mean, you have the album. It's on that Traces album you oh, put out. Oh, okay, okay. I enjoyed the album, though I haven't listened to it in a long time. That's what I, I was I was wondering, because I thought you said you didn't like it. No, no, um, I never said that. I, oh, I, I mean, I, I thought, of course, his voice is deteriorated. It's not like how it used to be, but it does have that moment of greatness. and uh, But it's not a really, like, it's not a heavy rock album. It's right. uh, kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But at least it's not contemporary or some new bullshit. Right. But I mean, I got to get, I know, I remember there was a couple, you know, rockier tunes on there. But, uh, eh, I, I, you know what, I'm going to listen to it tonight. Because I haven't heard it in a while. I, kn- I remember not disliking it. Yeah, well, I listened to the song. It, it wasn't horrible. And I thought his voice sounded good. I mean, yeah, a little bit of age, but I thought he sounded good. But I couldn't help but... You know, think the whole time I'm listening to it, it's like, God damn, if he was, you know, get together with Neil Sean and, and Greg Raleigh and you could write something better than this. And I'm not saying that to slam John Five. I think he probably, you know, he constructed a song, what, what, you know, in the vein of what Steve Perry wants to do now. Uh, my one complaint, though, was whoever produced this shit, the guitar is so low in the mix. Like when it comes to the solo, I mean, that was a great thing about you know, good era journey, you know, when it, when it would come for, you know, Neil to shine, I mean, you heard that guitar bright, punchy, you know, in the mix and here, even when it's a solo, it's like, I'm holding the headphones on tighter, trying to fucking hear it. And what he's playing sounds good, but it's so low in the mix. But then again, you know, that could be by Steve Perry's choice, you know, like when he's in journey, you know, Neil Sean, like you, you ain't turning me the fuck down. You know, but when he's doing a solo album, he could be like, hey, I want it to be more about me. Uh, Again, not a horrible song, but this man is capable of writing so much better, you know, and I think 
you know, he, he just has that chemistry with, with Neil. They can write some classics. And I have no doubt in my mind, if you got, you know, Steve, Steve Perry, Neil Sean, and Greg Raleigh in a room, they could write something just as good as the old shit. Because, I mean, they're all great musicians, you know? Yeah, well, um, uh, is it one of the rockier tunes? No, no, oh, it's, it's not. It, yeah, it's 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 middle of the road. I mean, it's uh, it ain't it ain't fucking no sherry, <laughs> you know. It's more like a, yeah, it's just a mellow. It it sounds like a seventy something a seventy year old man would do, and that's right. crazy. I just I just found out he's turning seventy this year. Yeah, there you go. I mean, come on, man, that voice, man. Yeah. Listen, listen to Mother Father. I mean, yeah. those notes he hits on that song is like, man, but one, I, one I, of the greatest. But I'm, I'm listening to it, you know, and, you know, you see all these comments. Oh, he doesn't sound like he... I'm like, the dude is 70. Holy shit, for 70 to still... I mean, it's still Steve Perry, you know? It's like there was no doubt who was fucking singing. It wasn't bad. And to me, it wasn't weak. It's a little bit older, but, it, you know, it's still better than a lot of people can do in their fucking prime. I mean, that guy is... That guy has, you know, like every everybody wants to suck on fucking Freddie Mercury's dick, but I, I think Steve Perry had just as amazing voice i mean you know not all apparatic and shit but you know you want to talk about a signature fucking voice you know Steve and, Perry. And, and look at look at uh some of the final queen shows uh freddie didn't have that freddie was losing it a little bit too though oh was yeah. he I, I oh know. yeah I if you look if you look at uh it's kind of magic tour i think it was i think that was the last tour they did um yeah man his voice i mean his voice was still amazing but it wasn't spectacular like you know the the you know like Queen Killer type era you know voice you know because when you sing like that you're gonna lose some of it unless your name is Robin Zander who has True. not lost nothing at all it's it's that guy's a freak of nature yes. and what he does is not easy you know uh-uh. you know he strains his voice even more than both of those guys combined and he still has it kept together. And he has so many different voices, so many different styles he sings yeah. in. Absolutely yeah. love that guy. That's why he's my favorite singer other than me. Yeah, he's pretty fucking awesome. Um, thank you for not laughing. <laughs> ah, shit, I blew it. Uh, all right, next story. Now, now this, I, I don't want to delve into this too much, but uh, you know, I was just laughing at the fucking headline. Well, can uh, we stay on Journey for a second? And you can say this? Because okay, this does not have to do Journey. <clears throat> Here's another thing that came out. I saw it on our podcast page. Um, Jonathan Kane. Yeah, I was going to get to that. <laughs> okay, well, we should lump them all together. For the music in the background, keep it journey. Um, said <laughs> that, you know, he's working on a solo album. <clears throat> and he says that God's whispering in his ear. <laughs> you know what he says? You suck. Hey, you just stole my line. Oh shit! Sorry. That was that was what I wrote on the, on the comments. I said, "Yeah, he he whispered, you suck." God, I can't stand that guy. Why did you little kid have to die? Remember that fucking uh, yeah. music? Craig Raleigh's going to heaven, and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Trump grabbed your wife by the pussy, and I let it happen. <laughs> didn't 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 he like Trump, and then? Neil Sean was pissed off about it. Yeah, well, his wife is a minister, uh, and and she did like the blessing at Trump's inauguration, and then 
uh, I think it was, it was Jonathan Kane, uh, Ross Valari, Steve Smith. Basically, I think everybody but Neil Sean went to the White House. Hey, it's Ross Valerie. That's my yeah. impression of some douchebag online that has to correct everything somebody says. <laughs> hey, I feel better now about my shitty life because I just let you know it's called Russ Valerie. Hey, what I a- thought we weren't supposed to pick on Terrence. Hey, come on, man. Oh, oh my bad. It's not Terrence. Terrence never oh. does shit like that. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I, stand, I stand correct. I love you, Terrence. <laughs> I concur. He does love you. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what a major fucking douchebag. Uh, cannot stand that motherfucker. And boy, did he fucking... You know, you know, people say, oh, Steve Perry's ego ruined fucking Journey and ended it. No, Jonathan Cain did. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the beginning of the end for me. I, I'll tell you, man, and it, it was short-lived, but I saw Jeff Scott Soto front Journey, and it was the second best time. I, I saw him with Steve Perry. I did see. I saw him only once, the Frontiers tour. And uh, but, man, that guy, Jeff Scott Soto, like did a spin on all those uh, Journey songs where he didn't sound like Steve Perry, but he made it fucking work. And it was a solid set list with, you know, Rubicon was on there and a couple other deep tracks. Oh wow! Yeah, and wow. Uh, you know, the word is it's Jonathan Cain that had him kicked out of the band. You know, fucking douche. Hate him. Yeah, he is, he is a piece of shit. Hey, you guys want to hear something really cool? Uh, check out the band Soul Circus. It's uh, what he did with Neil Sean before he joined Journey. Great album with uh, that guy that sings really good, that does meth and smacked his wife around. Uh, the, yeah. The, the drummer. Um, Dean, Dean Castronovo or whatever. It's Castronovo! Oh, okay. Whatever. Man, that guy can fucking sing. Oh, oh my shit. God, can he sing, man. He does that, like, you know, open arms and shit like He'll do, like, the tough Steve Perry songs live. And right. nails it, man. Nails it. But hey, he, he, can, he was in that band, too. Yeah, he can punch his old lady all he wants. He can sing in my band. <laughs> Fucking hey. That's right, man. But, you know, he's not as impressive as uh, Rick Allen. That guy can beat up his wife with one arm. <laughs> yeah. I still say he did the rope-a-dope. You know, he was, like, swinging the stub around, and while she was looking at that, he gave her a left, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> right like on the... the like right the, on the button. <laughs> the, the little stuff was going around in circles. Yeah. That, was. that is a hypnotizing visual if you think about it. <laughs> Either that or she just saw the useless sleeve on his shirt moving like, oh, it's magic. You know, and then he went, pow, right in the kisser. You know? Oh, boy. By the way, today I saw a video of Joe, Joe Elliott introducing Kiss on Stage. And it was fucking amazing. It was the best thing he's done since Pyromania. You gotta see this, dude. I mean, he does a... It sounds like the guy from Kiss Alive too. You know, he just does it so rough. And I'm like, wow. But, you know, I think they did a little effect on his voice because it didn't really sound like him. Yeah, I think that that was pre-recorded too. Yeah. Yeah. They had to switch tapes real quick after that. I tell you, I wish they'd let my ass get up there and do that. I'd be like, you wanted the best one. You're shit out of luck. Here's Tommy Thayer. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and, and, and I announced, uh, you know, if it, it, probably not as many people heard because your show was on at the same time. Uh, but I was on Josh Toomey's radio show the other night. 
And uh, I know Sinzak is going to get pissed, you know, because it's not official. We're not supposed to announce it yet. But there is rumors that Ace Fraley might be at Rockin' Pod 3. Are you kidding me? But he's going to be dressed up in Tommy Thayer's makeup. Oh, man. You, you know, so people don't mob him, you know. I don't know if you saw this today. And that's funny. Ian. That, that one you. took me a little bit. Thank you. They won't, mo- they won't mob him because they think he's Tommy Thayer. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. Um, I put up a picture today. There is a picture. Dude, you got to see it. Uh, it's on the Almost Human Facebook page. There's a picture of Ace Frehley without his sunglasses. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, my God. Is that disturbing? I mean, what the fuck? I mean, obviously, he's had some plastic surgery. But his eyes, they... they it looks like... Uh, oh, he was Botoxed to all fucking... Oh, shit, my... God. Yeah, his face is huge. I mean, he's got a bigger head than fucking Tommy Thayer now. And he still looked better than Sebastian Bach. What the oh, fuck my, happened yeah. to Sebastian yeah, Bach? Seba- Sebastian, you know what Sebastian Bach looks like? Uh, what's the name of that guy that go- that, that was like had a skullet in Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> yeah, Riff Raff. Yeah, Riff Raff. You know, except he still has his hair, but <laughs> that face looks like Riff Raff. No, but I, I saw his fucking face, and the, the first thing I thought is like, holy shit, you know, while uh, <laughs> C.C. DeVille was doing a guitar solo, throwing it down the fucking stairs, Skid Row threw Sebastian Bach and told him to go grab the guitar. Yeah, he yeah. Hit, he hit every fucking step. Oh, my God, what happened to his face? Oh, man. But you see, there's a big difference with Sebastian and Ace, because Ace was always ugly. You know, Sebastian <laughs> was a pretty boy, you know? Right. But, but that guy just doesn't give a fuck. He's starting. He's starting to be like Vince Neil. Like he just doesn't give a fuck about his looks. You know, he looks terrible. He just looks terrible. But uh, I saw today uh, a little flyer for the tour dates of uh, his uh, tour where he's doing the whole first Skid Row album. Yeah. Man, a bunch of those dates are sold out. Take I would, notes, I would, Skid Row. I would go see that shit, dude. Sebastian can still fucking sing. I would go see it, too, and it is coming here, but the only reason I'm not is because it's 80 bucks because it's part of that Kiss pre-crew shit where, you know. Oh, God. What's it, Kiss fucks up everything. I know, right? If he would have came here, you know, like just playing a club somewhere around here, it would have been like maybe 30 bucks tops, you know? But 80 bucks, I was like, you know what? I don't even like the first Skid Row album. You know, I think I would for Slave to the Gr- Slave of the Grind and some Human Race. I'd pay eighty bucks, but not the first Skid Row album. You know, you know what he's gonna do. The first Skid Row album, then maybe Monkey Business, and you know, a couple, you know, a bigger hit from that album. And, but man, you know, but you know what? What's gonna happen down here? Uh, Fraley's reunion concert. Yeah, I saw that. You know, fuck, I would pay eighty bucks for that because. You know, no matter what, you can get front row. Because just push those fucking kiss nerds aside. Like, get the fuck out of here. Mom! Mom, he pushed me. You don't have to push nerds. anybody aside. Just walk up there and go, dude, Paul Stanley just walked in. And bam, <laughs> just walk up. Just walk up front. Oh, fucking kiss. Jesus Christ. I love classic kiss. Yeah. I stand by that. I love Monster, too. But I'm not going, Ian. I'm Good not going. You. you know, I mean, obviously, uh, nobody's offered me a free ticket. I think. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I think it's this Tuesday. I think it's very soon. But and all my friends, fucking even Ruben's going. Ian loves that guy. Kiss. I uh, where's a fucking iceberg when you need one? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I, I just can't. I, I'm telling you, if I was offered a free ticket, uh, I wouldn't go. I, I swear to you, I wouldn't go. And you know I can go to that show and get a $20 ticket and get good seats. But I, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I, I, I'm just sitting that out, man. Fuck that tired old set list. Oh, but the show is really good. Yeah, but you know, I'm kind of like into music. And uh, the great uh, Siznak said on our show, he saw the show. And, you know, he said something that is, is like, man, if you want to deter me from seeing Kiss, just tell me they go up there and they play fucking perfect. Because Kiss, to me, was the best when they were sloppy and dangerous. And they're fucking, every fucking note is perfect. It's like, fuck that. And two scabs up there, tired set list. I don't give a flying fuck how good that stage show is. Doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't. But you know what? You matter to me. And that's why. That's, that's why. why. Do, 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 do. <laughs> that's a good song. That gotta... song sucks. All right. Well, from one dead horse to another, K.K. Downing says he has to accept the fact that he will probably never be invited to play with Judas Priest again. You fucking think? Yeah, I know. He burned his bridge. But you know what, man? Either way, I'm sad about it. Oh, yeah. it sucks. But you know what? If you really want to play with him again, try shutting the fuck up. I think it's too late now. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I still don't think it's too late. I, I think there's still a fucking chance, but he just needs to shut the fuck up. You know, he reminds me of Sebastian Bach back in the day. Because Sebastian Bach would talk mad shit about Skid Row. I don't know why they don't want me back, you, you know? And it's like you, you could understand why. Now he's being a little bit cooler about it, at least in the press. I don't know what he's like behind the scenes because, you know, they did get really close and then he said some shit that upset Rachel Bolin and, and it was all off again. And that's kind of what, what KK's doing here, you know? Well, yeah, I don't know if you know this story. There's a funny story here. Uh, they're, they're, uh, one of the negotiations for Sebastian to return of the band, it, it almost happened this time. This, uh, this was like one of the closest times it happened. But Sebastian Bach was playing um, some solo show. And some guy came backstage. And it turned out that guy was like best friends with oh, Rachel Oh, yeah, Bowling. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Sebastian pre- basically told the guy to fuck off or something. Right. And it got back to Rachel and that, that screwed up that reunion. I don't think it's meant to be, man. Yeah, and and it's one of those things. It's like I I don't know. I, like I, I I don't really have a dog in this fucking race, uh, you know. Because I you know I don't really don't give a fuck about Skid Row to begin with. Most people don't. A lot of people think that a reunion would be big business. It'll probably do fairly well in theaters on the first yeah. floor. But that'll you, be about it. You know where it'd do big if they were opening up for another reunion tour, you know, for some other band's reunion yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah, people go in early. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like a perfect thing would have been like, you know, Skid Row and, you know, this uh, fake Guns N' Roses that's going out now. That yeah. that would have been a good good show, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't really care, but it's like, I, I have to admire their conviction of like, wow, they just really were smart with their money and just hate this motherfucker so bad at least they're not going through the motions I'll give them that but I wish they would for the fans sake because there are there are a lot of people who do like them uh, well, I, yeah, should say, I, I should say a lot there's like 20 people out there who really give a shit about this thing anymore they were that that was a band that I gotta tell you man when when Slaves of the Grind exploded 
I mean, for a little while, because it, it, it plummeted down the charts. But when it, it you know, it, it, it debuted at number one, they were, that was them at their peak. And I really did think at the time, because I wasn't really the biggest Skid Row guy until yeah. I heard that album. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. And I thought it took a lot of balls for them to release an album oh, like it, that. Oh, it, it did. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, man? This band's got a future. I thought they were going to be huge forever. You know, they were going to be a headline status band. But then, and they weren't bad. I'm telling you, they were not bad. Uh, the, the one and only time I saw Skid Row was on the Slate to the Grind tour. And man, as good as they were, they were demolished by Pantera. Oh, yeah. Pantera fucked them up bad. Oh, yeah, but I thought they were still... I hated them. I hated them until I saw them live. And, and then I, I was like, it made me give them another shot. And then, of course, Slave to the Grind. I was like, okay, I'm now I'm definitely giving... Because I've never to this day owned a physical copy of the first album. Because I was like, fuck that, I remember you bullshit. That fucking 18 in life. I hated that shit. I thought You'd Gone Wild was so fucking hokey. It's got a yeah. couple good tracks. I liked, uh, you didn't like Peace of Me? Oh, well, no, I like it now, but I'm saying I never bought it back in the day because all the singles I heard, I was like, ah, fuck this shit. I thought Warrant was tougher than them. I like Down Boys better than fucking Youth Gone Wild. Uh, well, no, they're, they're kind of stupid. Yeah, but I'm just saying, at the time, I mean, I really hate it. And then I saw them live, and I was like, damn, they were pretty good live, you know? Uh, you know, but uh, I don't know where the fuck I was going with this. Well, no, we were talking about... Uh... Well, we were talking about that Ace Frehley picture, and I went into this back and forth. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, oh, well, I was saying, but I, I respect them because yeah, they, they could easily do a thing with them and and you know play bigger bowling alleys than what they're doing now. But uh, they say no, you know. And hey, I would almost, I would almost rather that happen than you see some, you know, you know, like like you know, kiss where they all fucking hate each other, but they just want your money that goddamn bad, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, and, that, that, and, and let that be a lesson to all you kiss cards out there that keep coming up with that excuse saying, oh, man, everybody would do what Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer would do if, uh, you know, if they had the chance. Well, look, Skid Row can, you know, start making some money if they bring Sebastian Bach back, and, and that, like, uh, throws a monkey wrench on your opinion, pal. Thank you. Yeah, and, they, and they've got a horrible singer now. Oh, my God, is that guy bad. Yeah, I haven't really... You know oh. what? He must be really bad, because I kind of remember seeing a clip, and I don't remember it. Oh, man. It, oh, I, I saw a clip. It was so horrible. I couldn't stand that fucking Dragon Force garbage he came from. Oh, yeah. my God, is that some fucking garbage? Yeah. But, uh, man, I mean, it made me miss fucking... Uh, J.D. Salinger, whoever the fuck that guy was. John Salinger, he's a good yeah. singer. He's no Sebastian, but he's good. Yeah, but better than better than that fucking asshole they got in there now. Good yeah, lord. I don't know what's going on, man. I got mentality. And, and unfortunately, like uh, the best thing about that band was his voice. You know, and, and you get rid of the best element of your band. You know, I, mean, I thought I thought Rachel and Rob Afuso were very solid. Uh, the two guitar players, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know what I mean. I mean, I mean, you take away that voice, and it sounded like every other fucking record that was coming out at that time. You wouldn't know that from fucking Faster Pussycat, from fucking you know, any anything else that was out at that time. It was no, his there's voice. No, there's no doubt about that. Sebastian Bach was Skid Row, even if he didn't sing the, you know, he was like the Ozzy of the Ozzy Ozzy one solo. Yeah. Didn't really write much, but. That's the main focal point was Sebastian Bach. 
you know, the band got really mad at him when uh, uh, the Rolling Stone magazine came out when he was on the cover. And he was like, what the fuck does that have to do with me? I, I'm not the one that told him to do it. You know, his book is really good. Have you read his book? No, no. If, when, when I have time, Ian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upload all the, the audio CDs. Okay, cool. I, I have the audio book. It's really good, and he doesn't hold back, you know? And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great stories of doing cocaine with Lars Ulrich. There's a lot nice. of cool shit in there, you know? And uh, he really goes off on Ted Nugent. Uh, uh, Ted Nugent's a total racist. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, well, you never hear him say any racist shit, but wait till you hear what he said about how Ted Nugent was on the set of, uh, what was that show? Uh, a Savage Animal show? Yeah. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it, you know, Skid Row is like, uh, I don't know. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, I stand by those EPs. I think that's the best shit they've done since Subhuman Race. I, uh, yeah, the best thing they've done with Subhuman Race and, and Saints of the Grind to me. But those EPs are fucking great. Um, maybe I'll have to give it another shot, man, because I, I remember I listened to it a little bit, and it, it wasn't that it was, like, outright horrible, but it didn't fucking... Nothing that made me remember it or want to go back to it. I, I'll give it another shot, though. I love it. There's one song on there that's a blatant ripoff of uh, Chain Gang from uh, Saints of the Grind, but the rest of it... I thought it was great, and I even liked the ballads on there, and uh, I thought it was fucking awesome. And I thought Thick Skin had like three, four really good tracks. A lot of filler, but, you know, but the thing is, um, as good as whatever the fuck, they're making an album now. It could be Sgt. Pepper's, and it still won't fucking affect anything, because it's not Sebastian, you know? I hear you. All right, well, let, let's talk about a, a great fucking band here. Crash <laughs> or die, baby. Coming up. Uh, right now, holy shit, did you see this new uh, Motorhead box set that's coming out? No. Oh, my God, it's called uh, Motorhead 79, and it, it's got... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Re- well, reissues you know of Overkill and Bomber, and it's got all these, you know, a double album of extras, and... It comes with all this fucking amazing shit, like wrapped in a leather jacket, and holy fuck, man. I want this motherfucker, and it, but it's it's pricey, but this shit is fucking worth it. Oh my, you want to talk about two fucking killer albums. I know you're not too crazy about Bomber, but you know, hopefully one of these days you'll come around. No, I like it, I like it, I just don't like it as much as you. Because this... This is some real fucking rock and roll. Stop listening to that fucking training wheel rock. You know, fucking kiss glorifying that fucking shit like it's the be-all end-all. This is a man's band. This is real fucking rock and roll. Fucking Motorhead. That When you talk about Motorhead, it's very legitimate to say, oh my God. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? you know, there ain't there, there, no fucking Motorhead concert where Lemmy's telling you to get up and, you know, say the Pledge of fucking Allegiance. No fucking anti-drug bullshit. If anything, he's telling you what drugs to get and where. You yeah. know, and, and those two fucking albums, that band, there's a band that, you know, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of fuckers out there like the Ramones. They got the fucking t-shirt, but they don't have the fucking records. They don't know the fucking songs, but oh, it's cool to wear, you know, uh... A motorhead shirt and oh yeah, Lemmy, he's cool, man. You know, but don't know the fucking music. You know, bunch of fucking posers. This is real rock and roll. I mean seriously. 
this shit makes Kiss sound like the fucking Osmonds, man. This is just, there's nothing else like fucking Motorhead. And this box set, holy damn, they put some time and some love into this motherfucker. And there's like, you know, four different versions you can buy. Hey, you know? Ian, hey, Ian, why don't you hold off getting me that Iron Maiden shirt? Get me this instead. <laughs> shit. I don't even know if I can afford this motherfucker, man, but I, I don't know. I might have to sell some of my product and stop doing it all. Well, thanks, to, dude. To afford this motherfucker. Do it, do it. Yeah, afford it for me. But, uh, hey, man, you use that YouTube money. You, you make off those fucking kiss nerds. <laughs> and buy yeah, me right. one. How about that? I don't get make money off that. Though, it, it has uh, crossed my mind that, you know, not ask people for money, but put a little thing that says, hey, if you want to donate, here's my PayPal, because... I'm really loved by uh, the cool kiss nerds. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Perpetual Art. Uh, that's a guy on the Almost Human channel, and he's a complete and utter douchebag that I have not blocked yet. But yeah, shout out to him. I shout out cool people and dickheads. <laughs> way to go, Art. <laughs> way, yeah. to, way, to, way to perpetuate the stereotype yeah. of kiss nerds. <laughs> Such a judgmental prick. Ugh. God, he's I like, he... oh, I don't understand why you do that. And I go, because I feel like it. And he goes, dude, like, uh, uh, relax. Don't take everything so serious. I'm like, I, you asked the question. I answered it, you know, you idiot. I bet you this prick, prick is like, the wall is a bunch of gobbledygook. The Elder is a real concept album. Oh, I'm sure. He's a total fucking nerd. Fucking nerd. Nerd. He's the one... Scat, uh, well, I don't know if you like Scat, but he's the one kiss uh, douche on my Almost Human that has not been blocked. Dude, if I could see the block list like you can on Facebook, it would be like War and Peace on fucking <laughs> Almost Human. The amount of people I have blocked, you know, and, and you know why I blocked them, because it's like, how dare you say that about Crazy Nights, you fucking asshole, I hope you die. That's how they get yeah, you can't insult Bang Bang You. Yeah, Bang Bang, Bang Bang You. Put on the chase is better than the catch, and I tell you, fucking piss his fucking pants. He I love, couldn't, I, he couldn't I, take that much machismo. <laughs> yeah, and I love how uh, people go, you know, I always don't agree with you, and I always reply with the same thing. Oh, wow, what a coincidence. I don't agree with you either. You know, <laughs> people think that, oh, look, my opinion means more than yours, and I'm going to let you know. I don't agree with you. I don't Just give a tough fuck. Tom, go, well, can we both agree your mom's a whore? Oh, a man. A, a filthy whore. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> and, then, and then they're in their basement. Mom, make me another Hot Pocket. Ralph's being mean to me. Yep. These are the same people that say, oh, he lives in his basement. Man, most of my videos, number one, there's no basements in Florida. In most of my videos, you can clearly see a window. <laughs> Are there basements, windows? I don't know. Yeah, there, there are some, yes. All right, well, you know, I mean, well, whatever. Right. I don't live in my goddamn, I don't live in no basement. I live alone. I've been living, I've been living alone since 17, with the exception of me turning 21, and I failed, and I went back to mommy and daddy. But I was back out by before I was 22. Yeah, and, and how judgmental. Just because Ralph has a Kiss YouTube channel doesn't mean he lives in his mom's basement. But yeah, it does right. it does mean that's where he's going to end up. Oh, uh, you know what? Ian, now you uh, now you really brought light to the confusion of people. Mm, now I understand why they think I live in my mom's basement. I have a kids channel. <laughs> and kids is the coolest, man. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. 
So, I like I like those costumes from Dynasty, man. I like capes. They're like superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Where Motorhead's like, oh my god, bitch. Oh my god! He looks like he works at a gas station. You need you need to put some makeup on those cocoa puffs. Mom, he works in a gas station. By the way, where's my allowance? I know I'm 30. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I heard they're putting up a new fucking Tommy Thayer Pez dispenser. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm deleting my goddamn kiss chat. <laughs> yeah, it's not a Motorhead channel. Fuck the fame. Yeah, get Motorhead, man. Maybe I'll get 100 subscribers. Yeah, there you go. Earn that shit, man. It's it's so sad, dude. I mean, my 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 original channel, Black Sabbath, is not. It's like a little over two thousand. You know, it's so sad. You know, but they I, don't they don't wear makeup. Yeah, they're not pretty either. But you know, uh, I'm uh, just to let everybody know, Eternal Idol, subscribe to it because now there's going to be three videos up every week on that channel and on the Doctor Fuck channel. That stupid kiss channel. Um, you know, because uh, I'm doing track by track. It's something that I'm really loving doing. It's so much fun, you know, because, you know, uh, you know, I, I have time on my hands. And I'm like, I'm the type of guy, I don't watch TV. I don't do anything. So I'm like, let me do a track by track, you know. I know it's dorky and geeky, but man, everybody's loving it. And, you know, subscribe. the viewership's going up on both channels, Dr. Fuck Channel and Almost Human, that... uh. I'm I'm really enjoying doing this shit. So there's one up each day on all three channels. Like every day you'll get something new. So rock on. I'm looking forward to seeing those. And and you know another thing, you know, I I know I joke about the Kiss channel, but take comfort in this though. At least you have the biggest Kiss channel. Thank you. Imagine if you had like the lowest rated Kiss channel. Or fucking <laughs> now, or, now, or, or, that would be something to be embarrassed about because the minute you put Kiss onto anything, you're gonna get so many subscribers. Really, oh, Kiss! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! I gotta look. Imagine that, like, there, there's some schmuck out there who has like the worst-rated Kiss channel. That dude put both barrels in your mouth and pull the fucking trigger. Really? You know, it's it's even embarrassing even to have the second best Kiss channel. And uh, by saying that, a shout out to Three Sides. Who? Yeah, these guys. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 those guys that sprung Mitch LaFon into stardom. And uh, expect Michael Branville to be on our show. Yeah, I can't wait for that shit. Molly Hatchet review. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have him on our show. He reminded me the other day. He really wants to do it. Yeah. He really and, wants to do it. And, and that tells you all you need to know. His favorite band is Molly Hatchet. But he makes his bread and butter off of Kiss Nerds. Right. You know? At least you have a Black Sabbath page, you know? <laughs> Dude, that guy doesn't even make one fucking Dorito from a bag of Doritos off his kids' channel. Who are you kidding? <laughs> he wants you to think he does. It's a shame he doesn't listen to us. So uh. he can hear me goof on him. Because he's, he loves to be goofed on. That's one funny thing about that guy. He loves people to make fun of him. Fucking crazy. <laughs> I'll goof on his face. I mean, not his actual face, you know, not not making fun of his looks. I'm just going to goof all over his face, you know, and yeah. smack that's, him upside the head with it. That's hot. <laughs> we should get three cocks. Three cocks on his face. <laughs> three cocks, yeah, amongst KISS fans? <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> They're going to have to put on dildos because it won't reach his face. Well, Ian, I got one more shout out because uh, let's get into the episode. Oh, hell yeah. I want to shout out to somebody called Shane on Facebook. I, I believe he is. Excuse me. He is. I didn't mean that. Fuck you. You, you take my burps uh, offended, offensive. Um, his name is Shane. And I'm sorry, Shane. I can't. I don't remember your last name. This dude is so cool. Like, every time I put up some, not only him, James West and all these people. Oh, you're talking about Shane or Bear. Is that his name? Yeah. All right. He's so cool. Uh, that's another guy that shares all my stuff. Oh, fuck yeah. He's awesome. Awesome dude, man. And uh, just another shout out. You know, shout out to every motherfucker out there. You know, I'm, I'm an old guy and I, I'm very, my memory's fucked, so I can't remember your name. But, you know, I, Shane is a guy that... You know, has he ever been fan of the week? We uh, need, we I, I believe. I believe so, but if but if not, yeah, it's it's high high time. But he's been around since fuck since the beginning, so I'm pretty sure he has. If not, though, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, well, Shane, Shane A. Herbert, Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, it's, yeah. It's like French Canadian kind of shit or bear. I believe that's how it's pronounced. He's from Michigan, and he's a cool dude, and. uh I really appreciate his support. He's always sharing my stuff, and, you know, he's just a great guy, man. Everything I put up, uh, my podcast, my radio show, this podcast. <laughs> he always calls me when I'm asleep. I, I, I wake up, and there's missed calls on Facebook Messenger at, like, 3 in the morning, so you know he's good and drunk. <laughs> wow. One, so, of these, yeah. one of these days, I'll, I'll be so coked up, I'll be awake at 3 in the morning, and I'm going to answer that call. <laughs> So you've spoken to him before? No, no, I'm saying every time he calls, I'm, I'm fucking asleep. Well, I, I really don't want to lump him in with, uh, oh my God, dude, there's a dude that's calling me constantly. I never pick up and he doesn't give up. Um, I don't I don't pick up, you know, Shane, I, I'd gladly give you my number, but I don't pick up like phone calls from Facebook. What are you talking um, about, uh, Mark Allen Taylor? <laughs> I wish, I love that guy. Now... <laughs> I used to hate his fucking ass. He was a freaking idiot. He's all right now, and he shares my stuff too. So shout out to that 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 Van Hagar uh, feed. Um, but um, yeah, Shane, man, Shane A. Ebert uh, from Michigan. Uh, shout out to him. You're fucking awesome, dude. And thank you so much for your support. Same goes to James West and everybody else that shares my stuff. Thank you. Yes. Now, now support Ralph's good channels. Um, I don't think he's ever supported. Uh, I never uh, shared an almost human thing, so that makes him even cooler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, super cool. Super cool. <laughs> I, in fact, I'm going to set my alarm for 3 a.m. just so I can talk to him tonight. <laughs> right on. Good All dude. All right. Well, let, let's, let's talk about uh, this artist and this album we're reviewing today. Thanks to Adam Marshall. Yeah. The amazing Adam Marshall, Marshall Amps, a brother down under. The 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 administrator at the Eternal Idols Facebook page. Oh, yeah. He gave me a suggestion. He said, hey, why don't you put Technical Ecstasy against Never Say Die? So I did it, and I put it on private and only sent it to him. I go, you see it first, bro. That's hot. He's awesome. He is. All right, and what did he pick this week? Well, uh, Dio, uh, the last in line. I put yes. it up against Howly Diver on one of my track by track. We'll be up soon. Eternal Idol, subscribe. 
Uh, yeah, so let's get into this, Ian. Let's do it. Look out! Hey, now it's time to review the 1980... has to be 84. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Last in Line, the second uh, album from the Dio Band. Now it's solo band. It's the Dio Band. And, uh, yeah. Um, I can't really tell you how I discovered this, but I know I was a first-year buyer. And um, I saw this tour at West Palm Beach, docking tooth and nail open. Pretty badass. Nice. And let me tell you, man. Dio's show, that last in line show, was the best time I ever seen Ronnie James Dio. The best. And Dio was always amazing. Like, hey, I saw the Heaven and Hell tour. I saw Mob Rules. Didn't see the Holy Diver. Didn't come to Florida. But when I, that last, I mean, wow. And, you know, then the Sacred Heart thing with the dragon. Everybody, oh, the dragon. It was a, such a big buzz back then. And I couldn't wait to see that. And when I left that show going, dude, that wasn't even half as good as the fucking Last in Line tour. They had a big-ass fucking snake. They had the Egyptian stage before Maiden. And honestly, a better a better stage show than the Power Slave show, too, I would say. It was wow. just, it was amazing. Then he comes out with a lasso and starts, like, lassoing the roof and fucking explosions would happen. Uh, Vinny... Uh, Campbell comes out and does a guitar solo on this guitar that's glowing and it's all dark and him ripping. I was all the way up front for this. Fucking amazing. Uh, definitely like in my top 10 shows of all time. The Last in Line show was There is a pretty good video. There is a pretty good video on YouTube of that uh, tour. Special, for- special from Spectrum. It's not the full show though. No, I, I found another one. It's like it's like a bootleg, but it's shot really well. Oh, that I gotta see. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty. It's pretty fucking cool. That I gotta see. But uh, and I love this album. Uh, better than Holy Diver? No, no. I think Holy Diver is his best album. But this one is damn good. It's just a damn good album and uh, perfect timing. It was a huge hit. Huge. Uh, this catapulted. Ronnie, even bigger than Holy Diver did. This is what put him in the arenas. And uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes Ronnie ever made was to uh, fire Vivian Campbell. Yeah, Sacred Heart was a misstep, but I think if they would have came back pissed off, they could have continued this killer run they had with the first two albums. Vivian Campbell, I think, was the best guitar player that Dio has ever had in the Dio band. So I can't remember when I, I heard this first, Ian. I, I probably saw the Last in Line video first. And then I was like, yep, that's Dio. And bought the album. And I remember it was an album that all my friends would play at parties. I'd hear, I'd always hear the Last in Line album more than Holy Diver uh, at parties I would go to. And uh, the 80s, man, listening to this today, I haven't heard this in quite a few years. And it was fresh. It sounded fresh to me. It was like, wow, you know, these songs aren't... Best way to describe it, I think these songs are magic. I think they're just magic. They're fucking awesome. Uh, anyway, I'm done. <laughs> All right, well, I first got this one, I would say, probably 86. Uh, I got... Uh, Sacred Heart was my first one, and then I went back in his catalog, and. Uh, you know, through Columbia House, 
And I remember getting this before I got Holy Diver even. Uh, and, and, and I loved it. I loved it. I played the shit out of it back then. I mean, even back then I liked it better. You know, I really liked Sacred Heart when I first got it. But uh, I heard this. I was like, oh, fuck, this is even better. Uh, but, man, I, I would have killed to see him at this time. You know, especially this tour. You know, from what you said, the video that I saw, I did think it looked cooler, uh, you know, than the Sacred Heart setup. And, uh, uh, I mean, it, this is just classic. I, I think Dio, you know, this was the, the peak, and then it started to go down. I think he did rebound pretty strong with Dream Evil, but I think kind of the damage was done with Sacred Heart. And, uh, you know, fuck. What an era. I mean, what a year in music, too. I mean, all the great shit that came out in 84. You know, especially like 83, 84. I mean, just landmark. I mean, that had to be a great time to be going to concerts and seeing this shit, man. The arena show, man. Oh, yeah. The arena and, rock. And uh, this is the first studio album that had uh, Claude Schnell involved. And I actually used to work with a guy who was buddies with Claude. Because uh, Claude's from New York, but he moved up to Buffalo and spent years playing in bands in Buffalo and doing session work. And my friend was from Buffalo, man. And uh, I remember this guy didn't really listen to metal, but he knew I did. He goes, oh, you like that guy? Should... He goes, you ever listen to that Dio guy? And I was like, yeah. He goes, I know Claude. I was like, no shit. And uh, said, he was, said he was a real cool guy. But, uh, you know, to me, this is the classic lineup, you know, having Claude included and stuff. And, uh, yeah, damn shame they couldn't keep up this momentum. But I, I don't think it's as solid, you know, I think everybody agrees, it's not as solid as uh, as Holy Diver, but you got to look at, you know, there wasn't much time in between either. This is back when a band put out an album every year. So you can see this one was, you know, you know done pretty quickly because they were on tour and stuff for the, you know, for Holy Diver and stuff. But there's still some fucking landmark classic fucking songs on this one. And, uh... Gotta thank Adam Marshall for this, and this shows you how great our, our listeners are. Adam Marshall actually bought this for Muzzy. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, he, he said, hey, he goes, uh, I believe Muzzy had sent Adam some real cool stuff in the mail, and he goes, man, this guy, you know, is just super cool, and he's like, it's so awesome, you know, the people I meet through through your page and everything. I was like, fuck yeah, he goes, I want you to do do a Dio episode for Muzzy. I was like, no fucking problem. Which one do you want? He said this one. I was like, oh, great. Great. So, uh, Adam, hope you enjoy this. And Muzzy, hey, you got a good friend there. Buys you an episode of the greatest podcast of all time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Two cool dudes. Yes, hell yeah. For the price of one. Hell yeah. Episode. And uh, so, fuck it. Let's get into it. What do you think of the opening track, We Rock? Oh, yeah. We Rock. I mean, right off the bat, it's like, look, Vivian Camp, I mean, Vivian uh, Apathy. No, no, no. Carmine's Apathy. Uh, Vivian's a piece. Did you know this? Uh, Yeah, now you got me confused. Which one's which? Yeah, Carmine Apathy. Yeah, Carmine is is the one that wants to be called the piece. No, that's... uh, that's no, yeah, ca- ca- yeah. Carmine wants a piece. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. No, I, I want a piece too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and Vivian a piece, wa- of, a piece of Vinny or Carmine? Uh, a piece of Vinny, yeah. Okay. Looks more like a chick. Oh, oh you mean? Uh, uh, oh, shut up. 
<laughs> hey, didn't I sound like Lee Gertzman? I'm sorry, like like Mark says, Lee Gershman. Gershman. <laughs> That's his co-host. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm here with uh, Ian Wale. <laughs> Washley. <laughs> Ian Washley. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right, I freaking got his name wrong. Freaking Frank. Uh, oh man, yeah, right off the bat, it sounds like, you know, Vinny now is like, I think Vinny's more of a drummer drummer. Like, you know, Mob Rules, he was pretty uh, restricted. But Holy Diver, he, he blew a load, and here he is shooting another load the size of Peter North. The way the fucking the shit that starts, the way the way the drumming starts on this shit, it's fucking awesome. And the riff, and the whole thing, and the whole, you know, what an anthem for Harina Rock, you know? We rock, you know, it's just, mm, love it. Great opening track. I wouldn't pick another song off this album to kick off this uh, album. I think We Rock rocks and it's an anthem and it's well loved by cool people like me. Well, it's, it's loved by lame motherfuckers like me too. Right. Uh, absolutely kicks ass. You know, that's one thing I got to give Dio, man. He was always really good about picking an opening track. And uh, they don't get much better than this. The, the thing that I always laugh, though, about this is this one is credited 100% to Dio. And they're saying, you know, Dio came up with the, the riff to this one and everything. And I just can't picture Dio with a guitar. Can you? Oh, yeah. Dio play, uh, wrote well, a lot no, of songs on guitar. Well, I, I, I can picture him on bass. I can well, see him play bass. He, he was the bass player on the first Elf album. Right, but for some reason I can picture that, but I just can't picture, like, you, you know, Dio shredding. Well, <laughs> you know? no, he can probably do the riff, but he can't do the song. Right, but uh, hell, you know, if, if it's true, this one was him. He came up with a hell of a riff, and uh, it's it's played incredibly by Vivian. And I, I definitely agree with you there. Vivian, uh, by leaps and bounds, uh, I believe, is, is the best guitar player for the Dio band. Um and, and he, he just shines on this, and I agree. Uh, I was going to say the same thing you said about uh, Vinny, too. I think he works way better in the confines of the Dio band than he, than he did in Sabbath. And sound sounds more like it, it's him just doing what he wants. He, he's not trying to fit in with anything or, you know, accommodate a certain sound. He's just hitting the drums hard like he wants to, and it works, man. And I, He's definitely the best uh, drummer Dio ever had. As, uh, as Dio said, he's a wrecking machine. <laughs> didn't didn't uh, Mickey from Rocky say that too? That's right. Because uh, when I said it now, it kind of sounded like Mickey and gave me a flashback. Of the That's it. Get up, you bum. Mickey loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. I love that uh, Rocky 2 scene when he's like, you know, working out in front of everybody. They're having a little party and shit. He's like... Get out of here, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> when any of the chicks got near Rocky, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's too bad he died in three because I would have loved to see him kick the shit out of that robot in Rocky Four. That motherfucker you know? lived till Rocky Five. <laughs> he was. You remember he had there was flashbacks. Yeah. Mickey sees in Rocky Five. You see him. It's like, boy, he looks like twenty years older than when he died in Rocky Three. You know. <laughs> I think he's going to be in the new Rambo, too. I mean, like, <laughs> get up, Rambo, you bum. Get up, Rambo, because Mickey loves you. <laughs> he's a wrecking machine. He'll kill you inside of tree rounds. 
<laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time, man. Uh, uh, the fucking great Burgess Meredith. Man. Yeah, Burgess Meredith. Check out Magic. Want to see an eerie fucking horror movie with him in it? Uh, oh yeah, him and Anthony Hopkins. I saw that in the theater, man, when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Hopkins and his puppet. Yeah. That movie's fucking pretty twisted. Check it out. I haven't seen it forever. I gotta see that again. I haven't seen it since I was a little kid. I loved it though. When I walked out of the theater, I was like, "Now that was a good horror movie." <laughs> Back to We Rock. Yeah, We Rock kicks fucking ass. Oh uh, yeah, Dio. Yeah, Dio. Uh, Dio loves you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you saw him on this tour, did they open with this? No. Uh, wow. What did uh, Santa Fe Shop? Okay. Well, that, that'll work. That'll work too. This was the encore. Uh, the right first on. encore. They they ended the show with Mob Rules. That was a long show. I remember that too. Now this was actually the second single from the album. Do you remember ever hearing it on the radio or anything back in the day? No. Uh, I do remember hearing um, Last in Line, though, on the radio. That okay. was played, but I I don't remember. Uh, I don't think so, though. Well, but, apparently it didn't do too bad. It made it to number 14 on the mainstream uh, singles charts. Mm, nice. Main, well, main, I should say mainstream rock charts. Uh, but I don't think I've ever heard this on... Uh, I haven't heard too much Dio aside from like Rainbow in the Dark on the radio. Yep, and you know, uh, this happened about maybe four months ago. I'm driving around in the city truck, and this uh, the station that plays a combination of like classic rock and disco started <laughs> playing Holy Diver. Wow. And I pulled out my cell phone and I got on Facebook Live. I'm like, look at this! They're playing fucking Holy Diver on the radio! And it was like six in the morning. Yeah, they figure. Let me throw this in. Nobody's watching. But anyway, uh, I do remember Last in Line in FM radio back then. But nothing else after that. Well, uh, I'll take the next one, the title track. And uh, no spoiler alert here. This is my favorite Dio song of all time of of the Dio band. Uh, I've always, always loved this song. I get chills every time I hear. You know the, the the guitar intro, and I even man, I used to you know when I playing guitar, I would always you know I had to learn how to play that you know, and uh, yeah, it sounded like shit, but it was close enough. You knew what I was trying to do, <laughs> but uh, just a phenomenal, epic song. I love the video too. I know you don't like the video. I love the video. To me, it's perfect '80s. I'm surprised for as much as you like '80s cheesy videos. Uh, that you don't like that one. You know what? Uh, if it would have been done more on film, I probably would have liked it. I didn't like the the clean effect of it because, you know, thinking of a, a video that silly is a Y&T uh, Mean Street. It's kind of like silly like that, but it fucking rules and it's done with that, you know, film. You know, right. That type of texture film. Right. Um, no, no, well, I, I'm going, I'm, I'm exaggerating saying it's just as silly because this one's just bizarrely silly. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm telling you, I would I would love it if it had more of a different uh, texture to the film. I know I'm weird. But uh, now this one, it's funny. There was a video released, uh, of course, that was all over MTV. But it wasn't officially released as a single here, only in Europe, and it was the third single. Man, I would think this would be the first yeah. one. Yeah, you know, that's if the I, first thing I heard. Right, right. But what I was. 
what I mean by the singles is like it wasn't put out to radio stations in America, but he did make the video for it. So I think at that point, more people were watching MTV anyway, you know, especially if you're trying to see music like this, then, you know, hope to hear it on your local radio station. But uh, I mean, just uh, a landmark fucking track. How do you feel about it? Oh, man, I love it, man. Uh, last in line. Dun, 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 dun. It's beautiful. Love the little intro. Love when it gets like heavy and epic. And the solo rules. And another thing I hate about the fucking video. They fucking edit most of the solo out of it. It, it goes like right to the end of the solo when they go into the solo sound. Whoa, whoa, what happened here? Uh, but yeah, it's fucking epic, dude. It's one of Dio. It's a standard Dio and it's supposed to be there. I think it's uh, one of his greatest songs. Um, favorite Dio song? No, it's not even my favorite on this album, but probably wow. my second, probably my wow. second favorite. Wow. Yeah, All right. yeah far out, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't you take the next one, Breathless. Breathless. Now, this one's filler, but it's awesome. I love this song. Uh, I love the way Ronnie sings this shit, the verses, and you oh, Breathless. You know, it's, it, it's kind of like... Uh, Wow, we're really not reinventing the wheel on this track. You know, it's very basic and very, like, what you'd expect from a Dio album. So that's why I would call it filler. I, I don't think it's a standout. But I think it's pretty it's pretty rocking, man. What do you think? Well, I, I don't think this shit is going to last too much longer, obviously. But as of right now, I'm agreeing with you on everything. Uh... But I, I do like this song. It is filler. I like it better than some other filler that's on this album. Uh, but this is definitely... I, I think this one wouldn't have cut the mustard on uh, Holy Diver. You know, that that one was just... There was no fat on that fucking album, in my opinion. Well, uh, that, that's a good assessment. I, I, I should have said that. I said, this song wouldn't is not, you know, would not fit on Holy Diver. Right. You know what I mean? And, I mean, I could see it on some of the later Dio albums, and shit, I'd, I'd like it. <laughs> God, if there was something like this on Magicka, I would have been happy. Uh, but uh, but here, but it's it's definitely listable. It's it's nothing you would hit skip on, and uh, you know, anytime I hear, I'm gonna be singing along to it too. But uh, it, it's not in the same class as the first two songs. But then we go into a song that I do believe is in the same class as the first two. I speed at night. God. Damn, do I love this song. Great hard rocking track. Uh, never got to see him play this live. D- did he play this when you saw him on the tour? <clears throat> Hate to say it, Ian, but no. And that did upset me. Wow. He wow. did yeah. play this live, but it, not at the show I was at. Uh, he played it on the tour, but just not the particular one. I, I, I have heard a live version, so I believe it should if it's from the tour, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, this is a classic one. I mean, just in a hard slamming track, too. Uh, kind of more in vain with it. It's not the, the epic that Last in Line is. It's more of just a balls-out rocker like we rock. And uh, absolutely love I Speed at Night. Definitely, uh, shit. Uh, might be my second. Well, no, nah, no, nah, nah, Probably my third favorite track on the album. I'm, you know what I'm doing now? <clears throat> I'm pulling up the set list. Oh, okay. Because I'm curious. Was I that fucked up? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, I don't remember them playing this. <clears throat> All right, I found it. All right, here's the set list. Open up, you fuck. Stand up and shout. One night in the city. Don't talk to strangers. Mystery. Egypt chains are on. Holy diver. Drum solo. Heaven and hell. The last in line. 
Rainbow in the Dark, uh, Man on uh, Silver Mountain, Long Live Rock and Roll. We, <laughs> Do you almost say Man in the Mirror? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we Rock and Mob Rules. I could have sworn there was more in that encore. But there, I just told you the whole. That's exactly all they played that night. In FM, less FM, the shit. Oh, I love it, dude. I, I found, I found like, dude, like I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but this May 18th that just passed was the mm. 40th anniversary of me going to concerts. Uh, 1979, I saw Cheap Trick. Uh, May 18th, 1979, uh, and for shits and giggles, I went on Google, and there's the set list. Wow. They have, you can find like all the old school settlers on this goddamn thing. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, um, what was I saying? I Speed at Night yeah. uh, is my favorite track on the album. That, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's a fucking scorcher. Nothing wrong with that. And I was right. They didn't play it live. But I know I heard a live version of it. But yeah, it's the one I, uh, I gotta say, if I was, to, it's the go-to song to play if I'm gonna pull up Last in Line for my radio show. I know I've played this song many times on my radio show, and it's awesome. And it's that got you know the, the the paint your picture lyric from Dio, which is almost in every song, but some are cooler than others. And this one, you know, I hate the light, I speed at night, you know, fucking epic, best song on the album, my favorite. What's the next one? Uh, one night in the city. Yes, sir. I like this one a lot too. I like the melody of it. I like the melodic. I like I like the little weird little instruments that they brought into it. What is that thing? Looks like they're banging on somebody's skull. Do you watch? Do, 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 do you see? Do, do, do. Whatever the fuck they're doing there. Uh, I think it's a fucking scorcher. Great. Love the beginning. That, that you know. That oh, I love that. Riff. Yeah, where, yeah, where it does that. Nah, 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 yeah. nah. Oh, that, that's my favorite part. I yeah. fucking love that shit. It's just the shit and the changes, you know. You know, when it slows down with that fucking mid-tempo fucking rhythm going on. and Oh, Sally was a princess. Bringing up all these crazy sh- fucking visuals with words, you know. Uh, scorcher of a track. Two thumbs up. Love that song. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. Great way to end side one. And uh, what a saucy, taboo tale of an interracial one-night stand. At least that's what I... That's what uh, I get out of it. Uh, he, he he says Johnny was a dark child. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I don't know. Listen to these lyrics. I, th- I, I used to think back in 84. Man, <clears throat> these lyrics remind me of something great going to happen to me one day. And sure enough, it happened. I was on three sides. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, the, the, the breakout star. <laughs> You're going to be the new Mitch LaFon. <laughs> you'll, you'll get too big for them. Uh, Ian, I'm officially quitting the podcast unless you uh, you beg for forgiveness about that Mitch, that fucking butt kisser motherfucker from Canada. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, he's annoying. I haven't heard an apology. What's that? I haven't heard oh. an apology. All right, I'm sorry you're the new Mitch LaFon. I'm oh, sorry. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Say well, sorry, you prick. I'm sorry. All right. I'll forgive him. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast lives. <laughs> he had just saved it. <laughs> All right. Well, since you're back, why don't you flip this motherfucker over and uh, take evil eyes. Evil eyes. Evil. Evil. Fuck yeah. Love it. What a great, no better song to kick off side to. 
It's a fucking another. It's more of a, a catchy little heavy metal fucking number. Evil Eyes is awesome. Love it. What do you think? Uh, I, I love. I think it's a great album track. It, it's not. Uh, it's not a standard. Like I wouldn't expect this to be played live or anything like that. But I'd be happy if it was played live. Uh, you know, again, not standout, but definitely not. I, I wouldn't call it filler at all. I think it's, it's got a cool, uh, cool, interesting vibe going on in it. And this is another one that apparently was completely written by uh, Ronnie James Dio. But then, unfortunately, we go into the next track, which was the first single. And I, I there is a, a horrible video for this one. Oh, mystery. Oh, to, to me, this is like a, a blatant attempt uh, to do another Rainbow in the Dark. And even with the little whiny keys in this one, sorry, Claude, uh, the keys don't work in this one. Uh, it, and, and the chorus, I really can't stand. Not a fan of this one. Not a fan at all. And you, you can tell what he was shooting for, but uh, it didn't hit the mark. And I, I don't believe that it was ever... Uh, played again after this tour I could be mistaken but I don't think so Uh, I I love it but I do agree yeah of course it's it's them trying to recapture the popularity of Rainbow in the Dark which Ronnie didn't like that one either you know Uh, and look because of Jimmy Bain anyway so uh, yeah I mean uh, is it great no it's probably my uh, second least favorite on the album there's only one song that I feel is filler, but I still like it. But this one's better than that. And yeah, the video to me is just as stupid as the last in line. <laughs> Unless it was done with that texture film I was talking about earlier. Yeah. That, so that, maybe that, I... that, that, that video would have been brilliant. Oh shit, mystery. This masterpiece of a video. Yeah, yeah maybe I just think the video's stupid because I don't like the song. Yeah. It could be. That's probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last in line is so awesome, it makes you fucking uh, not really notice the suckage on the visuals. <laughs> Alright, uh, next one, Eat Your Heart Out. Now, this one to me is definitely filler. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't hate the song, but you know, I listened to this album probably four or five times today at work. And every time it came on, I was like, alright, hurry, get, get done. Get over, get over, so I can hear Egypt. Um, you know, not bad, but man, th- this coming after Mystery to me really kind of like brings the album down because you got two in a row. Like, eh, eh. You know, I don't know. Not a big fan of Eat Your Heart Out, but I'm surprised that this was played live. I mean, out of you know some of the ones they didn't play, and then you play Eat Your Heart Out. I don't get that, but you know, whatever. What do you think, Eat Your Heart Out? No, I like that live version. The B-side? Yeah. It's the B-side to what? Evil Eye, maybe? Uh, uh, Mystery? Probably Mystery. I have it. I have it on vinyl. I have that single. I know I have... Yeah, the, it's the, B, it's the B-side, B-side to Mystery. Yeah, that's, I have Mystery and I have... Uh, it's the other one. I forgot what the B-side was for that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah it's my least favorite on the album. Uh, I think there's more fire in a live version. I think it's a little too sanitized here, but um, even uh, the live version, even though it's so much more kick-ass, I still, you know, place it at the bottom as far as songs go. 
but uh, there's no way I can say I dislike the song at all. I just feel like it's a, it's a filler track, and I feel like the live version was way better. All right, last track. The epic Egypt, the chains are on. Oh, man, come on. I mean, how can you fucking not love this if you love Dio? This is a classic Dio, you know, with the fucking... Um, even, you know, you hear a little bit of rainbow influence a little bit from in my ears, you know, with the just the way he sings, the, the structure of his singing is very reminiscent to the rainbow days for me. Rainbow on stage, you know, and uh, God, I love it. Uh, you know, the, I know the middle section is a little drawn out, but it, it still keeps me interested. But, you know, there's there is a little wall is too strong of a word but it goes into a little territory and then it comes back with a da -da 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 -da. that fucking part and Vivian comes ripping in it's a fucking second favorite track on the album awesome well I think it's you know the only choice to end the album uh, I think it's perfect where it's at uh, and it does have that epic feel and I wouldn't go so far as to call it a swing and a miss, but I would call it a swing and a bunt. And I know it, I like the song a lot more than I know it sounds, but I think he kind of, what he was going for, he didn't quite get, but it's still great, but it's just not on the same like epic level, like, like a, a heaven and hell or a don't talk to strangers, you know, or, you know, light in the black or something like that. You know what I mean? And I think he was going for something like that, but doesn't quite get there but it's still a damn fine i mean like you know any other band would kill to have something as epic as this you know but but for dio when you compare it up to those other ones it's just a notch below but it's still a damn damn fine song and uh i would have loved to hear this one live and i, I never got i only got to see dio solo on the magic tour and uh man uh, this would this would have been great uh, more so than some of the songs on magica <laughs> they don't really care for that one that much yeah that was, but, you know i'm trying to think i think there was another time i saw him do egypt uh i i think he did it on the holy diver live tour or maybe uh was it the killing the dragon tour i think he did it i didn't see that one either mm. master of the moon magica Strange Highways, and that's it. That's the only ones I saw after. Well, I seen, I seen every tour. Like I seen every. Let me think. Holy Diver, I didn't see. I saw Last in Line. I saw Dream Evil. I saw. I went to Lakeland to see Lock Up the Wolves. And I would have liked to seen that. Yeah. How was uh, How was Rowan live? Because I really liked his guitar playing. Kid's phenomenal. Well, he was phenomenal. I don't know how he was now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was phenomenal, and it was a really cool stage too. You know, yeah, it kind of mimicked the the album cover with the horny the horns and things. Yeah, there's there's some bad uh, bootlegs uh, from that tour, but it's so dark, it's kind of hard to make out. You know, too it's much. funny. The main bootleg was the show I was at, uh, the um, Lakeland show is is yeah. bootlegged, and, and I've seen it on YouTube. Right. But on. uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, wow, what a great album. We just talked about Dio, The Last in Line, 1984, bitches. Fuck yeah. As you say, this was released July the 2nd. Shit, what's today? Today's July. July the, well, July yeah, the today's the 35th anniversary. Wow. Wow. Oh, you didn't know that? No. 
Yeah, I saw that earlier today. Oh. And I even I even took a picture with the album saying, currently cracking on the 35th uh, anniversary. Oh, awesome. Well, I, yeah, I, th- I saw the picture. I didn't see that you put it was the 35th anniversary. Yeah, but, yeah. Wow, that's weird. That's weird because we, we were originally supposed to do another album and I ended up picking this at the last minute and I had no idea. What's going Ooh. on, Ian? Are you like a divine divine angel from above or something? Well, you, you know, I, I do have Dio tattooed on me, so maybe, you know, they, it's him working through me. You, you never... are Jesus Christ, I have a feeling. Yeah, because a lot of people, every time I open my mouth, they're like, Jesus Christ, you know? <laughs> I, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. But uh, th- this did go platinum. Uh, it, it took to 87, but it did go platinum. And uh, let's see, where do uh, album rankings? It made it to 23 on the Billboard Top uh, 200, which, you know, it was damn good for that era, you know? Uh, and, and like you said, this really got him into the arenas and, you know, he, he really came into his own with this. There's also, uh, if you can get it, they put out a two-disc edition in 2012 that's got the live B-sides that you were talking about and um, a show from the Pink Pop Festival in uh, June 11th, 1984. So that was before the album even came out. And he does play One Night in the City on that. Nice. So, uh, and also Stargazer. There's some really good... I think uh, One Night in the City and We Rock are the only ones that, you know, he played that before the album was even released. So, boy, I I bet they were shitting their pants when he's like, oh, check out these new songs. (laughs) That didn't didn't happen much back in the 80s. Right. You'd have to wait till that album came out. Yeah, oh, shit. I remember seeing... uh, when I, when I saw Guns N' Roses was before Use Your Illusions came out. And, man, they're playing all this new shit. Like, oh, what the fuck is this? Come on. <laughs> you know, play the shit we know. But, I mean, when they're good, you know, when they're as good as those, you know, there's no way you could be fucking disappointed. But, uh, yeah, a great album, man. Uh, you know, was so glad when uh, when Adam picked this and, uh, you know, picking it for Muzzy, I thought was super awesome. So, Thank you, guys, but I'll, I'll get into thanking you later after we get done with Pick of the Week. Uh, do you have a Pick of the Week? Yes, I do. And uh, I'm, I'm keeping it with Dio. And an and album that was released uh, not too long after his death. And uh, But I, I don't know if it got all the attention it deserved. And that's at Donington, UK, live, 83 and 87. Yeah, that's all. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just listening to that like two days ago, during the weekend, Saturday, maybe. Nice, nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what, what's neat about that is, you know, you get two totally different eras of Dio. You know, you got you got some, you know, live from the Holy Diver tour and you got live from uh, the Dream Evil tour. And, uh, you know, I, I love Dream Evil. I'm not, I'm not a huge Greg Goldie fan, but I think that's definitely the best he ever did with Dio. And uh, it's just interesting to hear, you know, different songs and different lineups and stuff. Because other, other than that, it was the same band. Uh, you still had Claude and uh, and uh, Vinny and Jimmy. But uh, there's a definitely, definitely a difference between uh, Greg and, and Vivian. And sometimes I don't really like how he played Vivian stuff. I don't think right. he could, he didn't do Vivian near as well as Vivian, but I, I thought he did well on the stuff he wrote with Dio. So, 
He's but, more uh, of a Blackmore-type-esque player. Yeah, and he'll be the first to admit that. Uh, you know, I think he sucks Richie's dick in every interview he's ever done. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good, solid album, and it's neat to have, you know, the, the two different eras on, on one collection. So if you haven't heard that yet, check it out at Donington UK Live 83 and 87. Right on. All right, I got a weird pick of the week. It's a band where I can only name three songs by them. And uh, I don't know if they have an album with Vivian Campbell. Um, they're called uh, <clears throat> Sweet Savage. Uh, some of you may know Sweet Savage because Metallica covers Killing Time. Uh, one of their covers and shit. If you listen, if you go on YouTube now and you, you type up Sweet Savage, Eye of the Storm, you're going to say, holy fuck. That's James Hetfield. You'll you'll swear it's James Hetfield singing. And this is before Metallica even met. You know, this is like 1980, 81. Uh, Sweet Savage. I'm only judging by three songs. Eye of the Storm, Take No Prisoners, and Killing Time. Smoking tracks, and it features the guitar genius on this album, Vivian Campbell. Thank you. I'll have to look into that and see if I... Because I was just looking to see if I had any. I think I have... You know, a few songs on compilations and stuff. But, yeah, uh, I yeah, do. I, I do. And I, yeah, I'll have to look in. I don't know if they did put out an album, but I'll, I'll look into that because they did I, put out albums without them. I know that. Right. Right. But uh, they're still I'm around. Not... Actually, funny enough, the guitar player of that band left a comment on my second Kiss documentary because I play a little Sweet Savage on it. Oh, nice. And the guitar player was like, "Oh, dude, that's." You know, my band, and then I actually, you know, Wikipedia'd him. And yeah, yeah, he joined like in the last 10 years or something. But uh, yeah, they're still around. Sweet Savage. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I need to check them out. Yeah, good new wave of British heavy metal. Check out Eye of the Storm. Dude, you're going to swear to James Hetfield. You're going to swear. You're going to go, oh my God, James really ripped off this dude. Awesome. I'll check it out. All right. Well, now it's time to go into fan of the week, and you know we got two people we got to talk about here. First, the guy that ponied up the money, Adam Marshall. Holy shit, man! This guy—he's been with us pretty much since the beginning, I believe. And uh, he is quite the character. He used to be Marshall Amps. Remember when he was <laughs> before? Uh, I, I love Marshall. He knows that. Facebook got him, and oh, just what a great guy! But kids, don't do what I did. Don't drunk dial him at fucking 2 o'clock in the morning and talk to him for two hours. Because if you live here in the colonies, that shit will cost you $500. That's Jesus the phone Christ. bill. I, dude, I woke up the next day hung over as a motherfucker going, oh, fuck, like, what time is it? What the hell? And I look at my phone and I got a text message from T-Mobile <laughs> telling me, like, you know, you've already spent, you know, three hundred dollars on your on your bill i'm like what and then i look at when they sent me that and i look at when our conversation ended i was like oh oh <laughs> oh man did that cost me but what a good time we had i think i don't remember a lot <laughs> adam said it was good <laughs> but uh man what a sweetheart of a guy just super good man and uh He's contributed every year. That, you know, this is still this is for last year, and I, I know he's going to buy another one this year too. And 
Man, that's somebody I'd really love to meet. We, we have to do an Australian tour because we have a big following in Australia. And yep. uh, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and what a great guy. And, and not only, you know, we're going to do another um, episode because, you know, he bought one for himself. But like I talked about earlier, he did this just for Muzzy. You know, and that, that's cool. That, that shows you the type of people we got around here. We got some stand-up fucking good people. Good people, good people. Yeah. And, and, and to buy it for Muzzy. And Muzzy, man, Muzzy is a fucking treat, man. This guy, he always comes on my radio show, man, and just he's getting high as a kite. And he's always going to send you pictures, let you know he's high, too. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Muzzy always wants to hear his Primus, and I always play it for him. And just, just stand-up guys, man, both these guys. And uh, we're we're very lucky to have them as listeners, and and, and I'm very glad that you dig what what Ralph and I do, and uh, we definitely appreciate both of you guys. So you are both fans of the week this yeah, week. Yeah, good. And, and uh, yeah, and, and appreciate you, appreciate you. Stick around, man, because because we are back. We are recording episodes like fucking crazy. We're gonna be throwing them out there, and uh, yeah, we're getting back to doing what we do best. So Thank that- you, Marshall. Muzzy Anderson. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where do we do? We still do plugs. What the hell's going on now? Uh, no, it's, no, it's we, need new, we need new plugs, and plus, I lost all our plugs on. Uh, oh, the great computer crash. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, if you're listening to my voice now, then send us the plug, and we'll put it. If they don't, they don't. They're not listening now. Then you know, fuck their plug. Right, Ian. Yeah, listen up to now to be worthy of our amazing show that has the most fanatical fan base. So for us to plug it, plug their stuff, aren't don't you agree? Yeah, and I mean, if you don't listen to an episode that's entitled "Dio Last in Line," then then we don't want to promote your shit anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Because anybody worth their salt ought to be checking this one out. This this should get kiss numbers, goddammit, But uh, it's not a perfect world, and and Dio didn't wear makeup. But if he did, oh boy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we got a bunch of fagulas that like shit. <laughs> well, come back next week. Wait, wait, wait. No, I was just kidding. I am going to plug something before we go into this. Oh, okay. All right. These nuts. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> He's going to plug these nuts I on just, your mama's chin. That's right. I just plug these nuts. <laughs> this, 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 these nuts plug was brought to you by. Wendy's, because if you like Wendy's, then you're gonna love when these nuts <laughs> go across your forehead. <laughs> oh, well, if you enjoyed, uh, if you enjoyed these nuts, hey, you like, you like, you like CDs? <laughs> I love them. Oh, I want to see these nuts. <laughs> Zinger. Oh. Hey, are you going to the Bofa Fest? The Boba Fest? Yeah, both of these nuts. <laughs> well, if you want more nut jokes, come back next week. But who knows what we talk about, but there'll definitely be some nuts swinging around. <laughs> That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Answer this one math question, Ian. Okay. Five times six. Five times six. Thirty. The correct answer, these nuts. (laughs) I think your your math is a little off, and it smells a little funny, too. (laughs) (laughs) Good night.